to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So, let's live our best lives, one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Hi, everybody. We are so glad you're here today. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Lessons Podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm great. Yesterday, I spent the day on the lake on a boat with my in-laws, and it was so nice to be out on the water. It is so nice. Water is just... I love it. It was a little chilly at times, like if the sun went behind the clouds, because it was only in the 70s, but it's almost summertime. I know. And we just had Memorial Day. We're recording this in the very last day of May. And so it's like officially summer season here at the beach. When Memorial Day week happens, yep, they're out there doing banana boat rides and they got the parasail up and all the chairs on the beach. And so there's just like an electric excitement in the air. And I love it. Um, I believe it's like, let's see, 31, 36 days, 37 days. I'll be coming to visit. Yay. I'm so (laughs) excited. We're going to have a great time. Well, yay. Hooray for the beach. Yes. This week for our good news segment, we have an email from Diamond to Jen and myself. Diamond wrote, Dear Sherry, I want to send a shout out to you and Jen for continually sharing information with me that sometimes I don't even know I needed. I certainly wouldn't have thought to seek out some of the subjects that you have covered, but after listening, I knew the message was meant for me or meant for me to share with others. I'm 46 years old, and for the past five years, I have complained to my doctors that something is just not right with me. I have horrible mood swings that I can't pinpoint on anything. Some days I just wake up in a mood, or one thing can happen and I just can't bounce back from it the rest of the day. My doctor wanted to write me a prescription for an antidepressant because I told him that the week before and during the start of my period, I was always so volatile. One doctor even said that I maybe have late onset bipolar disorder. Others have told me that it's just stress or aging in general. After listening to a few of your episodes on female health and hormones, I finally had that aha moment. I knew it was hormonal. Thanks to the advice from Dr. Barber, I found a functional medicine doctor near me. I have now been on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy for eight weeks, including testosterone, and I've had two cycles since starting, and oh my gosh, the rage monster is quiet. I feel like my normal happy self. I also no longer get bloated and puffy around my periods, nor do I get hangry anymore. I swear that within days, I noticed a huge difference. And best of all, my kids and my dear husband noticed too. I didn't even tell my husband that I started hormone therapy because I was afraid to hope that it would fix me. I did not want to get his hopes up either. But thanks to you ladies and to Dr. Tabitha, I haven't felt this great and had such stable moods in years. So thank you from the bottom of my heart and my husband thanks you too. 
That's amazing. I love that. That's amazing. You know, you don't even know you need to hear it, right? Right. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm really glad to hear, Diamond, that that's made a big difference for you because there's so much misinformation out there about hormones and it, it keeps, it's who we are. Like it runs our bodies. Our hormones run our bodies. So, <laughs> yep. And sadly, I mean, that's just something I think more and more women are going to have to be proactive about because I don't think healthcare is going to take them a while to catch up, I think. Well, I think so. And, and that's why it's so important to find a functional medicine doctor because they're they're a little ahead. That's why they're functional medicine. They're a lot ahead, not just a little ahead, but they became functional medicine doctors because they realized that the, the paradigm of the modern healthcare system is not treating root cause. And so that's why they went into functional medicine as, as Tabitha Barber shared with us, Dr. Tabitha, when she was on the show. And they they look for the root cause. They treat the problem and not just, oh, you must be bipolar because of her. <laughs> or that's just how women are. No, no. Right, right. <sighs> anyway, yep. so before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about the companies that make it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And today I want to mention all of the amazing companies that are featured at jenstevens.com slash cleanish. Y'all know I like to keep it simple. So I use the companies there to make sure I am eating mostly clean, living mainly clean. And you know I do fasting to help my body (laughs) self-clean. If you haven't read Cleanish, now would be a great time. You know, it's a little bit intimidating to think that you are going to have to make changes to things. But when you are armed with the knowledge of why, you know, why does it matter? Why does it matter what makeup you're using? Why does it matter about your lotion? You know, your skin is your your biggest organ. It does matter. What you put on your skin goes into your body. You know, we were just talking about hormone replacement therapy. I use a patch. I stick it on, and that estrogen goes right into my body from my skin. So that we want good things to come in. We don't want the bad things to come on. So go to jenstevens.com slash cleanish for links to purchase cleanish, as well as links with special offers to all of my favorite clean companies, such as Green Chef, Daily Harvest, Dry Farm Wines, Beauty Counter, and Branch Basics. So this week for our life lesson, we're going to dive into a topic that many adults struggle with, and that is how to make friends as an adult. I know for me personally, I had a large group of friends back home. Most of them were parents of kids that my kids went to school with. I had met them through scouting, sports, PTA. And each person in the group would tend to include some of their other friends from their work or their high school friends. I had friends from some of the volunteer organizations I was part of as well. And I was never at a loss for friendship or social activities. Then I left my hometown at the end of 2010, and I realized for the first time how hard it is to make friends when your kids are no longer young. I moved again in 2014, and I have not made one single friend in my new town. Sure, I have really great work friends, but I live over 75 miles away from work, so hanging out with them on my days off really just isn't feasible. I am very friendly with a neighbor, my hair gal, my realtor, but I just don't have that really special close bond with anybody local that I can go talk to if I'm having a bad day or go to dinner with or whatever. So since we started the Life Lessons podcast group two and a half years ago, time and time again, people have asked for suggestions on how to make friends as an adult. So clearly, I'm not the only one struggling with this. When I asked the community for advice on this subject, the need to explore this topic was reinforced by the very first person to respond. Gay wrote, I need advice on how to meet friends. I'm a widow of almost four years after being married for 47. 
I don't have a friend. My husband was my friend. How do I get back into being friends with anyone, man or woman? So I really need advice on this. And this podcast is for me. So Jen, what has been your experience been like since you retired? I feel like, you know, a lot of our need for social connection comes from work. So now that you're no longer working outside the home, what have you found to be true? It's interesting. I retired in 2018 and I lived in Augusta, um, which was Richmond County, but I taught out in Columbia County, which is out in the suburbs. It was, you know, 25 minutes to drive out there to my work. I had friends at work. We had a great time. Every now and then we would do something, you know, a a girl's night out or a happy hour or something. Not very often, but I lived all the way in Augusta and I had kids at home. So it was harder for me to drive out to where they were and then drive back home. But I got all of my social needs met through work, like literally. I was with children all the time. I was with my teacher friends. And so I went home and I just wanted to be able to decompress and be alone. So then I retired and suddenly I didn't have that social interaction anymore. So it was very, very hard. And I hadn't made friends in Augusta because my boys went to elementary school out with me. And so I didn't meet the parents of their friends other than the ones that were at my elementary school. But then they were going to a school locally. I didn't know their parents because they're in middle school and high school now. It was really a challenge for me. And now we've moved to the beach, which is a very transient place. People are here on vacation. You know, I have a friend that I met through the Delay Don't Deny community who happens to live here. I go out to trivia with her and her husband and their friends sometime. Here's what's so cool. The universe puts things in our path when we're meant to have them. Just last week, I was scrolling through Facebook. You know, I'm on Facebook now just as Jen the person. I no longer, you know, I'm affiliated with managing groups. I'll never do that again. But when we moved to a new area, I wanted to be able to see the local community, like, you know, the Surfside Beach where we live. So Facebook suggested a group to me last week called Surfside and Merle's Inlet Girlfriends. And I was like, what is this? So I clicked on it, and it is a group designed for meetups and get-togethers, people who live here. And I was like, what? This is perfect timing. So just this morning, I went to a coffee meetup. It was the first thing I'd gone to, coffee meetup at a local coffee shop. They meet every Wednesday. And I met people that I never would have met before. And I think I'm going to go back every Wednesday. And on Saturday, I'm going to a paint pottery with people. And they go out for dinner sometimes. And anybody can start an event. Like, they might go to trivia or go out to hear a band. And so I was just so very excited that, hey, I'm going to be able to meet people. Because, you know, you don't walk up to people in a restaurant that you don't know and say, hello, can I sit with you? <laughs> that, would, right. that would be weird. I but, actually met a friend that way. Well, you know, I actually <laughs> do. You know, like Chad was doing something one day and it was a beautiful day. So I walked down to the Chimichanga Llama and I was like, it was a beautiful day. I was like, I'm going to have a margarita and some chips and I'm just going to sit here at the bar. You know, it doesn't feel weird to sit at the bar. And I ended up meeting everyone who was around me on all sides. You know, a couple over here with their kids and then another other couple over there. And so I do meet people out in public like that, but it's just not the same thing. Yeah, I didn't collect their numbers. I didn't, I don't know who they were. We just talked while we were sitting there. So I'm really, really excited. And I bet other communities have this kind of thing too. Meetup groups for people. You just look look on Facebook and see if you can find anything or start one. You know, meet in public. As you you were talking, I was like, I should start one where I live. You should. But then I was like, because I need one more thing to do. 
Well, that's true. <laughs> and the girl who planned the coffee meeting, she was like, and it reminded me of why I no longer will ever, 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 ever manage a Facebook group again. And it was like the kind of private messages she was getting. People are like, she, like she, she put out the coffee event and then people are like, I don't like coffee. What should I do? She's getting private messages. People who are like, I want to go at three in the afternoon, not at 10. And she's like, start your own event. Go for it. But <laughs> she was getting like hateful I private get it. messages from people. And I'm I like, well, it. that's my reminder of why I will never. <sighs> why can't people just scroll on by? You don't want to go to have coffee? Plan an event you do want to go to and post that in the group anyway. <laughs> I have to say when I bought my truck in 2020, it was also the pandemic and things were weird, but there was a woman there, a car salesman at the Toyota dealership, and now she's a sales manager or something. She gave me her business card because she found out that one of the reasons I wanted to truck is because I like to kayak. And I was like, yeah, you know, I just don't really have anybody to kayak with. And my husband doesn't like me to go out alone. And she's like, oh, I'd love to kayak. Next time you go out, call me. But I don't know why I didn't. There's that thing that I was like, did she really mean that? Does she really want me to call her? It's so, I don't know. I bet she it did. It feels though. so like I'm back in middle school, you know? Yeah. Like, I know. Well, it's but, like the first time that, that I hadn't met you in person yet. And we were planning the second Delayed on Deny Cruise. And I'm like, I know this is weird. Would you be my roommate? Yeah. I mean, I just jumped out on a limb and asked. I guess sometimes you just have to take a chance. Mm -hmm. Well, I traded that truck for a different truck last year and uh, or in this past fall, actually. You know, I said something to her then. I said, you know, you told me once to call you if you ever, you know, if I ever go kayaking or whatever. And I said, I just never did it, but I really need to do that. And she said, yes, please take my number. And her number well, is my phone. Well, now it's time to do it. Do so it. So one day I do just it. need to text her and I want see you to do if it. she wants yep. to go kayak. Do it. Yeah. People want friends as badly as we do. We just don't want to be the weird, awkward one. But you got to be the weird, awkward one. You yep. just got to do it. And it's not weird or awkward, but that's what you have to do. So. Well, I'm so glad that you reached out to me and took that chance. I know. Me I too. Mean, five I knew years I later, you. we're great friends. <laughs> exactly. So we've got some suggestions. Um that were sent in by the Life Lessons community. So hopefully after you've listened to this episode, you'll be inspired to try one of these great ideas out there to go out and find some new friends. So Tammy Powell, she wrote, we bought a new house in a new community in Florida a year ago. I have so many new friends that live in my neighborhood or within 45 minutes away or in between. It is so much easier to find friends to do things with. I'm involved in community slash neighborhood activities. I do volunteer work. One of my very best friends I met through my daughter's boyfriend's mom. The house is a vacation home, and I don't want to leave it because I enjoy all my new close friends. I have friends back up north, but I feel like they are busier with their lives, families, and other friends, etc. I'm going back up north soon, and I wish I knew the secret. The thought of not being around my friends as much does make me sad. One of my best Florida friends is 45 minutes away, and she has lived here for over 30 years. See, I think that's really key. Some places are more open to new people than others. And a Florida vacation community where people go to retire, they're all transplants. And I found that to be true as well. Augusta, in the neighborhood where I chose to live, not any transplants, zero. Everyone was very, very nice, but they had their friend group that they grew up with. Whereas Columbia County, where I taught, transient, people coming and going, they're more open to meeting new people. 
And it's not that the people, you know, didn't want to make new friends where I lived in Augusta, but it was just, they just had their friends. They had You only them. have so much time to spend exactly. with friends. And they like knew them from elementary school or whatever, you know? Well, and I think that's the vibe I get where I live. I live in a very small town. And what I notice, even like I sat at Applebee's by myself at the bar on my wedding anniversary last July 4th, because my husband was at work. And I watched this group of ladies come in and they'd been out on the river all day on a boat and they came in and they were having dinner and they were going back out on the boat. And I was so, I would just watch them. I enjoyed watching them and just the way they interacted with each other. And I thought these women have clearly known each other forever. Yeah. And that's what I notice is like people who know each other is because their kids went to school together. They go to church together or whatever. They went to the same high school. Yes. And I just still so much feel like an outsider, even though I've it been be here hard nine years. In, in, a, in a small town like mm-hmm. that, you know, I, when I lived in Aiken, South Carolina, Aiken, South Carolina had a lot of transplants there. Um, it was a winter colony. People came from the north for horse horses. You know, like names like Vanderbilt that you would recognize, uh, gotcha, and yeah. also yes, fam- famous people. <laughs> people with a lot of money had their summer homes that were ten thousand square feet, or the winter. I mean, their winter homes. They were their winter homes anyway. There was a um, Savannah River site, which was a big nuclear facility that opened in maybe the 50s. I'm not sure. Sometime after World War II. But it had a lot of transplants that came in. And so Aiken was very open to newcomers. So I really – I do think that location does matter. Play a part in it, yeah. I, I think it does, yeah. So Marcy from Oklahoma says, join a club or group related to your interests. Attend events and social gatherings. Parties, gatherings that interest you. Volunteering is a great way to meet new people while making a positive impact in your community. You can volunteer at a local charity or community organization. Take a class or a workshop. Attend networking events related to your profession or industry. Be open and approachable. I think that's really, really important. That's just me adding that in there. Smile, make eye contact, and be genuinely interested in what they have to say. And and don't feel like people don't want to meet you. I think that's also coming from me. But I think that people genuinely do want to meet you. You just have to put yourself out there. So Lynn Houston in Savannah, Georgia. We know Lynn, and she's lived in Savannah for probably about a year and a half now. And I met her. She's had coffee on my porch. Yeah. She moved from Nevada, where she used to teach in a one-room schoolhouse. She was episode two of Intermittent Fasting Stories. And then she came on again. I can't remember her second episode, but she's great. So she said, I have found that the Meetup app is the best source for a variety of groups in my area with which I can match my interests. Once I found the groups I like best, I was able to make friends within the groups. She said, Meetup is not a dating website. <laughs> That's interesting. Someone at the the coffee this morning mentioned Meetup. I'd never heard I've of never it. I've never heard of it. Never heard, heard of it. Next door, maybe? Yeah, I don't that? like next door. That's just where people okay. who live in neighborhoods argue with, with each other. <laughs> I'm out. I don't need that. <laughs> no, you do not. I don't know. Maybe some people have better next doors than I've seen. <laughs> I'm not sure. Susan from New York said, yes, during COVID, I moved two hours away from a place I had lived for 33 years. Then I was laid off, so I lost my work connection as well. It's been super hard. I volunteer, have joined meetup groups, the book club at the library, really have tried to put myself out there. It's slow because where I live, women are not as welcoming as I would expect. I've had to do some soul searching on what I want, who I am, what I can settle for, but I am slowly building a tribe. Again, it's just putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Lynn from Tallahassee, Alabama. She said, 
We, my husband and I, retired from the Seattle area to Tallahassee, a city of about 4,500 people. I knew I needed to find a purpose, which was found when getting active in a local nonprofit. It serves sick children and their families. Volunteering allows us to meet the locals and get involved. My advice to retirement is find your purpose. Yeah, that makes a difference. All right. Carrie says, we moved to a different state into a retirement community, and we only knew one other couple that we had briefly met in our travels. They were very welcoming, but we were a bit younger than them and had different interests. At first, I joined the online community. I introduced myself and told a bit about us. Everyone was nice, but it did nothing in the way of meeting people in real life. I have to say, Sherry, that was the same for me when we moved here to to Oceanside Village, the house that we just sold last week. You know, I really thought, oh, I'll just meet a bunch of people. It just didn't happen. It didn't work like that. No, everyone, you know, they, they had their friend group. And uh-huh. I guess I wasn't like, I didn't invite myself anywhere. I don't know. But it just didn't didn't work out <laughs> like I had hoped. Um, she said, then the pandemic hit. My husband is a transplant recipient, so he had to be extra careful for his sake. But I was going stir crazy. I started noticing how many people outside our retirement community were struggling. The food banks were almost bare, and there were few volunteers. My husband and I discussed it, and since I had interest in food insecurity for many years, we felt that I could take the chance and start up a food drive. So I did. I reached out to our neighbors via the Facebook groups and enlisted the help of quite a few of them. I became acquainted with 28 people out of the 12,000 or so living here. Each of them agreed to gather donations from their specific neighborhoods, so I only needed to deal with a smaller, manageable group. It was a huge success. We delivered the largest amount of food from any food drive ever in our city to my chosen charity. We also collected monetary donations as well as homemade cookies for the homeless, that the charity fed at their soup kitchen. I also ran a pet food donation drive about a month afterwards. Also, the largest single donation the Humane Society has ever received. The point is that by putting myself out there and doing this sort of service, it let people know what kind of person I am, and they kind of liked me. I love that. I like that, yeah. Chantel from Ontario, Canada, she said, my husband and I moved to a new city where we knew no one about 10 years ago. I'm social and he is not. I missed having friends to chat with or socialize with. So what I did was step away from my comfort zone. I joined a Zumba class and I started chatting with someone else who seemed to be by themselves and we became friends. I also just recently went on a woman's only retreat and I went all by myself. I met so many wonderful people who took me under the wing. I've made many connections by joining classes or groups and I just talking to others to see if we have anything in common. And most of the time I find at least one person to connect with. All right, Rose W. from California said, I struggle with this too, but recently exchanged phone numbers with someone I met in a bar class at the Y. She was pleasant and always in a good mood, so I thought, why not? A few days later, she texted me to see if I wanted to go for a walk. My introverted, insecure self almost panicked, but I said yes, and I've continued to say yes, and a beautiful friendship is developing. So my advice would be to reach out, and if you can't reach out and initiate contact, be open to others doing it. It's so worth it. Carrie from Pittsburgh said, I have made so many new friends playing pickleball. It is so fun and you're always meeting new people. I realize not everyone is sporty, but find a fun activity to try. Don't be afraid to jump in. I think that people are sometimes just afraid to join a new group. Yeah, it's true. There's that fear, like you said, of feeling like you're like going to be seen as a weirdo, 
right? But everyone wants to make human connection. It's like one of our most basic needs. All right, Allie from California says, I am in it now as we just moved a month ago. So far, I've made one friend. I just asked her, where are you from? In the past, I've met friends through my passion of working out or interest in travel. But on my last move, it took four years until I could truly say I had close friends. Advice, be patient and seek others that have the same passions as you. So Linda from Augusta, she said, we found a small group in our church that we were in the same life phase as empty nesters around the same age group, and we just started doing life together. We made some lasting friendships that way. So if your church home has small groups, check them out and find one that fits your life phase. And if this is the Linda that I think it might be, hello, Linda. (laughs) This might be the Linda that was in my Augusta coffee group. Remember when I had my Augusta coffee group? Yep. The Delay Don't Deny coffee group. We met uh, on Saturday mornings. You came to that coffee. It was a great, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a large group of people. It was such a great group of women. Mm -hmm. I loved that group. And you know what made that end? The pandemic. Yep. After the pandemic, we couldn't do it anymore, but that was a great group of women. So Linda, if that's you, hello. If it's not, hello to whatever Linda it is. (laughs) (laughs) D from California said, join a book club, go to church, take a class, something you've always wanted to learn. Join an exercise or hiking group, volunteer in the library, food share, any community organization that needs help. Smile and be friendly. Holly from Nashville shared, I've moved many times in my life because of my career advancement. I'd recommend finding relationships through service with others. Consider your interests and volunteer with like-minded organizations. I currently volunteer at an inpatient rehab treatment facility for women but have previously volunteered at Second Harvest, Big Sisters, Big Brothers, and with my church. Church is also a great place to connect with others. Also, taking a class like knitting or painting or pickleball. If you have access to a community college or university, they often have classes you can audit as an adult learner. Our local private high schools offer winterum classes for adults in January and February. The YMCA has fitness classes and rec leagues, and that's just another place that you can show up and make new friends. All right. Alice from Pittsburgh says, I've been retired for almost a year now. To keep busy, I've joined a spin class and a yoga class, both where I have made connections with many others of varying ages. I've also helped create a small group of retired friends into a lunch bunch group, and we get together every other month. With my husband, I volunteer at our local food pantry and Meals on Wheels. Not only have we both met new and interesting people, but there's also such a positive feeling I get when helping others and connecting, if only for a few minutes. Sometimes by helping others, we help ourselves. I think that's true. I think every time you help others, you help yourself. Laura from Canada said, I have found Facebook groups an easy way to meet like-minded people in my area. Gardening, cooking, whatever it is, look to see if there's a community group in your area that you could join in. The best part is you already have something in common with others. I actually met two really great people in a breakup Facebook group, and now we are great friends. And although they don't live in my city, we still travel to meet up every year. Yep, you can have great friends you meet on Facebook. Absolutely. Like Sherry and me. (laughs) (laughs) Trish from Texas says, I moved to Texas to take care of my aunt. After she passed, I started over here in Texas. I started volunteering at the hospital, at the senior center, and found a church home to volunteer with. Saved my life of feeling lonely and depressed. So I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. That's important. Kind Kim 
She said, I just started going to small groups at church and I made connections. It has been the best way to connect with other women. Mimi G says, I am 71 now. I live in Connecticut. Many of our friends are retiring away to Florida or going to heaven. I am an introvert by nature, but I knew I needed to make new friends. I don't thrive in crowds. So I joined two activities that forced me to meet the same people weekly, giving me a chance to get to know them. I started bridge classes and I volunteer in a food pantry. It's worked well. One friend and I enjoy taking the train to New York City to go to museums. I often go to lunch with people after bridge class. One bridge friend is a serious art photographer who shows her work to me because I expressed interest. I am teaching another friend plant-based recipes because she expressed interest. For me, the trick has been repeated exposure in a setting where people talk, allowing us to discover common ground beyond superficial matters. I hope this approach helps someone. Meredith from Southern Utah wrote, we often aren't willing to be vulnerable with others. We want everyone to think everything is great and we don't have struggles. But the more willing we are to be vulnerable with each other, especially among women, the easier it is to connect on a meaningful level and the better we can support each other. Be vulnerable and let your guard down. That's great advice. It really is. Rita from Memphis said, we move a lot for my husband's job. I stopped working and our daughter is out of the house. So no easy friend groups to melt into. We moved to small towns where people have lots of family around or they grew up there and have known everyone forever. My advice, I make business cards with my photo, name, cell number, and email address, as well as a little blurb to remember me, like I have a three-legged hound dog or I live in a converted schoolhouse. Then I introduce myself to people at grocery stores, church, coffee shop, gym, dog shelter, etc. If I even remotely feel a click, I ask them out to coffee, to go for a dog walk or something casual. Really, it's like dating. I get shot down 10 times for every yes. Oh, and I say yes to every invitation. Been to far too many parties that people want me to buy something at, but I've also made friends from them. The trick is not to take rejection personally. So I am probably the opposite of Rita. (laughs) I am not the person that is ever going to introduce myself to somebody first. Oh, really? See, I talk to everybody everywhere I go. I mean, I'm an extrovert, right? But I'm kind of an introverted extrovert. I don't like to walk into a room alone. Now, if you and I walked into a restaurant and somebody was sitting there alone, I would talk to them. But if I was alone, I would not talk to them. Really? I have to have a wingman. Okay. I don't, I know this about myself. It's really weird. But yeah, it's really weird. I'm also more prone to talk to a man than I am to a woman. That's interesting. Yeah. I'll talk to anybody, literally anybody. Well, Judy from Michigan, she says, I would suggest pursuing a hobby or a passion that you have that will allow you to interact with others. As someone who retired in 2021, I was looking to pursue my interest in gardening with an opportunity to do some volunteer work. I decided to get involved in the charity garden at my church. This is a group of master gardeners who oversee the running of a charity garden. On average, each year, 5,000 pounds of food are planted, harvested, and delivered to seven food pantries throughout the summer and fall. This will be my second summer working at the garden. Besides learning a ton of information about growing crops, composting, etc., I have met some wonderful people last summer as they currently have around 40 volunteers who work at the garden. We are just now kicking off the 2023 planting season, and I'm excited to see some fellow gardeners once again. All right, Kim from Chicagoland. 
I have moved a few different times in the last 15 years, and my best piece of advice is to find a like-minded community. We started going to a church and joined a small group for community and Bible study. Because we had something in common, it was easier to build lasting friendships within our group. If you love rock climbing, visit the gym and introduce yourself to the other climbers. If you love dogs, introduce yourself to other dog moms or dads at the dog park or went out on a walk with your pup. If you're a stay-at-home mom, one of the most isolating jobs in the world, strike up a conversation with other parents at the playground, as scary as that may be, and schedule a play date. When you have common interests, it provides a jumping-off point for finding friends. Lori Coolwell said, I think of my friends as a variety pack. I joined CrossFit, so we exercise together. I cross-country ski, swim, and hike. We enjoy nature. I also sing barbershop in a quartet and chorus. We sing, of course, and attend contests and workshops. I love watercolor, and I have friends that paint with me. I even go to wine night with colleagues once in a while and enjoy tasting wine and sharing stories, gossiping, and catching up on life. Only one of these friends in the different groups overlap. And I feel that the key to making friends is sharing your passions with people and many different people. It keeps life interesting. So try new hobbies, get out, and don't forget to look approachable. Smile, don't fold your arms. Even if you are shy, people will approach you. That really is true. Body language makes such a difference. Mm -hmm. You know, everywhere I go, like I said, I'm talking to people, I'm meeting them. And and it's because I have an open, I'm smiling at people. Yes. And I'll, you know, say a few words with them. All right. Terry from Albuquerque said, we moved to Washington in 2008 and I knew nobody. I met people at work, told them a bit about myself and went to lunch with a couple of ladies early on. We found that we had a few things in common. Then I met a few ladies at church and got invited to a ladies night at one friend's home. I met so many wonderful women that night that a handful of them are still my friends. Three have even come to visit me in Albuquerque. That reminds me, I used to play Bunko with a bunch of ladies back then. I played Bunko for a little while, too. Very briefly, it was a group that my sister had gotten together. The problem during that phase of my life was that was when I had the boys at home and I was teaching full-time, and I did not want to go somewhere. Well, I didn't want to. I I had been peopled out all day because, you know, I know with your work in healthcare. You know how I am on Mondays. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't want to come home from, you know, I had bus duty at eight in the morning and I, and I'd been with children every minute of the day. And then I get home and I've got the boys. The last thing I wanted to do was drive somewhere and have to interact some more. (laughs) Right. Right. I get that. I get that. Nick from Nevada said, I have moved a few times as an adult and I always find new friends at the gym or the yoga studio. Many gyms and studios do group activities like hikes or yoga workshops. Also, I made a new best friend a few years ago at a dog park. We share a love of dogs, and we discovered we both love hiking, too, while chatting at the park. We hike every day now. Making friends is easier when you start with a common interest. Do not be afraid to put yourself out there. Your best friend may be the person next to you. I guess all of these have one thing in common. It's be brave and put yourself out there, honestly. I think it is. That's the the key. Yeah. Pam said, think of the things you most enjoy doing, art, music, exercise, cooking, etc. Look for classes or gatherings you can attend. Libraries, community centers, and senior centers have bunches of information about what's happening locally. Spending time with like-minded people can not only deepen your love for your favorite hobby, but you can meet some wonderful new friends as well. You know, I think another takeaway I'm picking up here too is that I think if you are just out there doing something that you love... Like you're probably at your most relaxed and happiest self. I think you're right. Which 
you're going to be the most approachable at that point. You know, maybe you're not approachable at the grocery store when you're on a mission to get your grocery shopping done. But when you're having fun and you're open and you're light and you're happy, that's when I think people are going to be more open to learning more about you. Yeah, I think that's true. Stephanie from New York said, believe it or not, Twitch. It is a streaming platform. I make art as a hobby. And three years ago, I came across art streams on Twitch. And I joined in the chat and I met some wonderful people who share similar hobbies and mindsets. We're all in different countries, yet we manage to hang out once a week at our Friday night movie day or Sunday draw along while chatting along on Discord. It has been over three years and I can't think of a time where we did not hang out at least once a week. I love that. And virtual hanging out is a real thing now. It really you don't is. have to be in the same place. Mm-hmm. Kim from Wyoming says exercise, golf, finding people with similar interests. That is definitely a common theme. Mm-hmm. Shannon from Tomble. She said, my neighbor Rebecca and I have lived across from each other for almost 13 years, but have only really become close the last two. It all started when she invited me over for coffee. Now we have coffee dates and we also go on double dates with our husbands in tow. It started with a simple invite and has turned into a sweet friendship. And finally, we have Beth from East Tennessee. She said, I retired four years ago and moved two and a half hours from Marietta, Georgia to the mountains of East Tennessee. I had a slew of friends back home that I keep in contact with. God has blessed me with so much and I give him the glory for my life. We live near a regional airport and heard they have a monthly breakfast. So we attended and met the nicest women. From that encounter, I found a hairdresser, a nail salon, etc. And I was invited to attend a Bible study and have again met the nicest women. Then COVID hit and we were home for a while. At the end of COVID, I saw on a local Facebook page, they were looking for volunteers to work at the local thrift store. The organization that runs the store supplies funds and volunteers to the local animal shelter. Again, I met the nicest women and my friendship base keeps growing. Just put yourself out there, join a church or a group, get a part-time job, talk to people you meet along the way. I needed a hobby, so I started making handcrafted soap. Now I sell at local festivals and farmer's markets. I also travel back to Georgia at least six to eight times a year to keep those friendships alive. I think the biggest takeaway is you cannot sit in your house and expect to make friends. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to get out there, put yourself out there, be approachable. Find common interests. And it can feel very hard. I mean, you look, I'm very outgoing and I talk to everybody, but I had to talk myself into, I am going to meet people for coffee that I've never met before today. Yeah. And I just did it. Maybe you don't need that best friend, but I do believe that people are social creatures and, you know, studies have shown that especially as you age, having friendships and connections and and interests keeps you young keeps your brain young it keeps your body young and you know so whether you go out there with the intent of making a new friend or you just go out there to spend time with people and make connections I think it serves the same purpose. Yeah, it's important. So I'm feeling really, really good about it because I was like, how am I going to meet people here? What am I going to (laughs) do? And having this group that just popped up again, like I said, I I bet a lot of communities have groups like this and you just maybe don't even know it. I do have a warning for listeners. Okay, what's your warning? Well, when I moved to Denver, I was wanting to make friends and I thought I could do 
some charity work and make friends. And so I went to, there's a very large animal shelter there and I was going to go volunteer to work at it. Um, I ended up bringing home a dog. <laughs> so if you don't have room in your house or your life for extra animals, you probably should stay away from volunteering at animal shelters. Yeah. That's why Unless we got you our, know how to say no. I'm bad at that too. <laughs> our cat Lucy. We have Lucy because my students made me adopt her because they were that. doing a project with cats and, and helping the cats get adopted. And then they decided I needed this cat and they made pictures and posters of this cat on it. Oh my gosh, they they nagged me into it, and now we have crazy Lucy. We I should remember, not have adopted Lucy. I remember Lucy that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I couldn't say no. <laughs> All right, now it's time for our listener-led lesson. We have a book suggestion from Carolyn. She wrote, I just finished reading The Myth of Normal by Dr. Gabor Matei. I think that's how you say his name. Matei, I think so too. Dr. Matei talks about how trauma affects the body mind. One word. He gives so many examples of chronic stress and past trauma, specifically trauma that has not been healed or dealt with as it contributes to so many illnesses, specifically autoimmune issues, addiction, and insulin resistance. Carolyn says, it took me back to my very traumatic childhood where I was sick so much, fever, vomiting, fatigue, rashes, infections, etc., When I was 10, I was hospitalized with renal failure, and they never figured out the reason. What they didn't know was how traumatic my home life was. While reading this book, I had an eye-opening realization. My body and mind are not separate, but rather a single unit operating together. I highly recommend this book to others. And it's true. You know, I've read a bunch of books like that as well, like The Biology of Belief, Dr. Bruce Lipton, so many books like that, Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. Right. We are connected. And the words you tell yourself matters, what you think, your emotions, your stress, all of that. Well, so usually at the end of each episode, we share an inspirational quote. However, today we need to take time to share some news with you about the future of the Life Lessons podcast. At this point, Jen and I have decided to take a hiatus in production of the podcast. We have another project that we are pivoting to at this time that we're really excited about. And ever since we did an episode on intermittent fasting last year, people have been reaching out to us asking us to have an entire podcast on intermittent fasting. And over the past few months, the requests have grown louder. Yeah. And like we were like, no, we're not doing that. Like in our community, in the Delay Don't Deny community, people would make a post every now and then. They're like, I love you and Sherry together on life lessons, but... I would like an intermittent fasting podcast with you two on it. And you can answer questions like y'all might remember I used to do on the intermittent fasting podcast that I left a year ago. You know, when we started Life Lessons, it was October of 2020, right? And I had been doing the intermittent fasting podcast with Melanie since 2017. And now, you know, I, I kept doing that until spring of 2022. So for a while, I was doing three podcasts. And so it never crossed my mind, you know, to do something else with intermittent fasting because we've really enjoyed doing life lessons. It has been so much fun. Um, and I've enjoyed working with you. It helped me realize what it's like to work with someone that is a great partner. And that's why I've really enjoyed working with with you on life lessons. But it's also why finally, finally, (laughs) when someone asked a couple months ago or maybe just like a month ago, whenever it was, they asked again. And I, I think, did I text you or did you text me? I think actually we were sitting here chatting after we recorded one day. And it was like, and I we remember were both kind of like, you know, we you could know, do that. We really could do that. And, 
we are hearing what the audience is saying, we are going to do an intermittent fasting podcast. It's going to be called Fast, Feast, Repeat, Intermittent Fasting for Life. And our focus is going to be on educating, inspiring, and helping anyone who wants to successfully live an intermittent fasting lifestyle. That word, intermittent fasting for life, is really, really important. We live intermittent fasting as a lifestyle. And that's the most important thing. You know, we're not just going to answer listener questions. We're going to bring in, you know, success stories, tweak of the week, things like that. It's going to have the same upbeat feel that the Life Lessons podcast has. Me and Sherry together will have guests from time to time. And I'm really, really excited. I am too. Very much so. While we both have absolutely loved creating the Life Lessons podcast, we've loved getting to know the community. And we both have learned so much along the way. We just truly feel called to start this new project. And Jen's commitment to other projects leaves her time limited. So she needs to step away from the Life Lessons podcast permanently. Over the next couple of months, I'm going to be making the decision as to whether or not the Life Lessons podcast will resume at a later date with a new co-host. I want to thank all of you who listen each week, really for making my dreams come true. I'm going to cry. (laughs) Oh, don't cry. Your dreams are going to still come true. We really couldn't have done this for two and a half years without the community, without you guys listening each week. The VIP community. Oh, my goodness. I want to thank. It's a small community of people who have supported us and been with us from the beginning. We love the VIP community. We're going to keep that open for the people who are in it. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) If you're in it right now, we're going to convert it to a free community for you. Those of you who joined the um, if you joined the VIP community, we're not taking it away. We're not going to have it we open for new members. You but you're going to be able to stay there for free because you are our friends and we appreciate it so very much. You know, the Facebook group, you know, I haven't been on Facebook since 2021. It is a wonderful bunch of people. It really is. Yes, it is. As I said, it's kind of undecided. We're just going to see what the next few months bring us and who comes along that may want to be a co-host with me. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the future of the Life Lessons podcast or, you know, what the weekly lessons have meant to you as I decide how to proceed. Um, You can always email me at sherry at lifelessonscommunity.com. That's not going to change. Just reach out to me. Share your thoughts with me. Let me know what you'd hope to see in the future. And remember, never stop pursuing your best life. And next week, we're going to have the new episode of the new podcast, Fast, Feast, Repeat, Intermittent Fasting for Life. We'll drop that right into the feed so you'll get it. You'll be able to hear episode zero, which will be like us talking about what the podcast is going to be. And then it'll be ready for you to subscribe if you like what you hear. If you followed us here from the intermittent fasting community, like so many of our listeners did, and if you love hearing me and Sherry together, then you're going to really enjoy this new podcast. And if you're not an intermittent faster, but you're intrigued by it, yeah. come join us. You may and just find that you're going to be doing it before long. We have that you'll way learn with people. why we love an intermittent fasting lifestyle. Yeah. And why we'll never stop doing it. But Sherry, thank you so much for the, the honor of getting to do this podcast with you. I know it has been your dream. You wanted to do it for a long time and it's been so much fun. Instead of traditional podcast ads, We develop sales and affiliate relationships with companies we love. When you shop with us, you'll not only have access to great products that we personally vetted, but you'll know that with every purchase, you're helping to support the podcast and make it possible. 